Mountain State Mysteries contains adult content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Courtney. And this is Mountain State Mysteries. Today, we want to tell you the story of a man who was murdered in our backyard of Raleigh County. A man who went out to run some errands and then was found dead later that day. His case left behind nearly seven years of unanswered questions. This is the story of David Fenn. On June 22, 2016, David left his home in Amigo, West Virginia around 9 a.m. to run some errands in Beckley, West Virginia. Around 4 p.m., a pair of joggers found David's body on a trail. He had been stabbed multiple times, and for nearly seven years, David's family and law enforcement are still searching for answers. Born on November 1st, 1940 in Coville, West Virginia, David was the son of the late Stokely Estel Fan and Beulah Blanche Hilton Fan Bolton. David, 75, was a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, a graduate of Bluefield State College with a bachelor's in business administration. David was an entrepreneur from rental properties to restaurants. In the 1980s, David owned a mobile diner that offered everything from arcade games to food. Then in 2016, he retired, but he still had a few rentals. David was the last surviving member of his immediate family. On June 22, 2016, David's day seemed to have started as a normal day. He left his home in Amigo around 9 a.m. and headed to Beckley to purchase a head trimmer at Harbor Freight. When David arrived in Beckley, he stopped at Tudor's Biscuit World for breakfast on Harper Road. After David left Tudor's, he drove to Harper Freight and said to have purchased a hedge trimmer. Then he drove to Ollie's Bargain Outlet. David was caught on security footage leaving Ollie's. From reports, everything seemed normal. It's believed that David had finished his errands around 12.30 p.m. After that, we honestly aren't sure what happened. Three and a half hours later, at Lake Stevens in Treveyor, West Virginia, two joggers on a trail came across a person laying down. At first, they believed the person to be a drunk or passed out on drugs. They called the park's maintenance. When maintenance arrived, they realized that it was the lifeless body of David Fan. Deputies with the Raleigh County Sheriff's Department were dispatched to the scene. David's body was found at the overlook along the northern edge. Now, Mark, we aren't sure actually how David ended up on the trail. Um, we've been to the Overlook countless times in our life, and we were actually just there the other day. And, you know, David was said to have walked with a limp, 
said to us it seems like it would have been difficult for him to make it down the hill and walk on the trail. Oh, 100%, especially from where his truck was parked. Yes. There hasn't been a lot released about the crime scene, or really on this case, but the Raleigh County Sheriff's Department has said that David's death was a result of multiple stab wounds. A look at that area surrounding the crime scene really didn't give them much to go on. We do know that where David's body was found is surrounded mostly by trees. Now, from that area, you can see the beach from the overlook. But however, from the beach, looking over to where his body was found, it's not a clear view. The trail David was found on starts at the dam and takes you to the campgrounds. You pass by the overlook. We do know that the trail can branch out in different directions and can take you to different parts of the lake. You can actually see pictures of the trail and the map of the trail on our social media. And you're listening to Mountain State Mysteries. On the evening of June 22, 2016, detectives Corey Suman and Brian Stump delivered the news to David's family. In just a few hours after they told his family, a storm that has now been labeled the Thousand-Year Flood would wreak havoc on the state. David has been said to be a creature of habit, so he tends to stick to the tasks of the day. His family can think of no reason that David would have been at Lake Stevens that day. He wasn't one who liked walking trails because he had a limp as a result of a badly broken leg. Where David was found is technically rough terrain from the parking lot at the overlook. To get to the trail, you have to walk down a hill. And then the trails, in my opinion, aren't kept that well. So that would be really tough for really anyone to hike. We have been asking ourselves almost every day since we started doing research on this case, one question. How did David end up at the lake? It was nowhere near his route home. David's truck, a blue four-door Toyota Tacoma, was found parked in the parking lot at the Overlook. His truck was found closer to the playground section of the Overlook. Nothing seemed to be missing or out of the ordinary from the pictures we've seen of his truck, which will be up on our social media. You can see that David's door is slightly opened, like he was in a hurry to close it. His windshield wipers were also stopped when his truck was turned off. We do know that it rained on and off the day his body was found, so it makes a little bit of sense why he had them on. Where David's body was found is maybe two to 300 feet away from where his truck was parked. With David's limp, we think it would have been difficult for him to walk down the hill, especially walk on the trail. We know David left his house at 9 a.m. Now, if he was on time, he would have arrived at Tudor's anywhere between 9.30 to 9.40 a.m. 
He was seen at Harbor Freight at 11.07 a.m. Then he arrived at Ollie's at 12.10 p.m. and he left there at 12.30 p.m. We know of three to four different ways David could have made it to the lake. However, we think that he would have went Harbor Road and take Route 3 to make it to the lake. One night after doing some research on this case, we actually took the route that we think David took. And <laughs> this is an area that we have grown up in. This is an area that we know very well. And I can honestly say going through Stephen's Lake at night is single-handedly one of the creepiest things that there is. Um, I mean, we've done industrial drive for our first case of Nellie Rand and Ray Bailey. We've been where they've been shot. We stopped where they were shot. But this somehow is creepy on a new level. It's... I will say this much, I, 10 out of 10, do not recommend, like, I don't know, y'all can call us whatever, but I'm here to tell you right now, like, when you get researching these crimes, and especially going to where the bodies have been located, and knowing that a murder has taken place there, it gives you a whole different perspective of, oh, we're just going to take a lot, we're just going to take a little drive through the lake, no. 100%. No, it's a completely different thing. But during the day, it's fine. Oh, yeah, 100% during the day. I mean, we did this walk twice during the day, and we were completely fine. Yeah, completely fine. And and one night trip has done us in. It really has. It honestly really has. Again, 10 out of 10 don't recommend not knowing what happened between 12.30 and 4 p.m., we aren't sure if David made another stop or if he was headed home. If he made another stop, who's to say someone didn't walk up on him and ask him for a ride to the lake? It honestly could have happened in the parking lot of Ollie's. Maybe he didn't have his wallet and his shorts, and the person saw the money that he was carrying, and it could have ended up being a robbery gone wrong. Crime Stoppers of West Virginia put out a reward of $25,000 for any information and to this day is still active. With this case still being open, Detective Brian Stump said, I've been back to Lake Stevens probably two to three dozen times. I've looked in obvious places on the trail to make sure we didn't miss anything. I've walked down and even gone into the water. With this case still being open, Detective Brian Stump has said, I've been back to Lake Stevens probably two to three dozen times. I looked in obvious places on the trail to make sure we didn't miss anything. I've walked down and even got into the water, so not only are we working on new stuff, he said about every other week, he takes the case out and starts all over again. Detective Stump has also said that there is no set standard on the time frame. I believe it will get solved if it's not going to be during my career or next week that we do not know. David was last seen on June 22nd, 2016 at 12.10 p.m. at Ollie's Bargain Outlet in Beckley, West Virginia. For nearly seven years, David's family has grieved the loss of a life taken far too soon. The pain is only amplified by the lack of answers surrounding his murder. Someone out there knows something that could help detectives solve this case 
and give David the justice he deserves. If that person is listening to this podcast, or if you know anything about the murder of David Fan in June of 2016, it's time to speak up. If you have any information on the murder of David or this case, please call the Raleigh County Sheriff's Department at 304-255-9300. Or call Crime Stoppers at 304-255-STOP. That number again is 304-255-7867. You can stay anonymous. Courtney, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? In all honesty, this has single-handedly been the most difficult case that we have researched, that we have tried to get information on. Um, Mark has spent countless hours trying to find newspaper articles, anything of that nature, and we have found absolutely nothing. Um, We have went here recently, we have walked down the trail we have parked exactly where he has parked everything and in all honesty like it makes no sense whatsoever when you go to the crime scene it makes no sense whatsoever um the fact that the one of the biggest things that puzzles me about the entire thing is the detective who is in this case who's taking charge of this case getting in the water I mean only thing I can figure out of that is maybe see if there was some sort of evidence thrown in the water something of that nature but other than that like from the way that they were saying his body was nowhere near water I mean it's completely mind-blowing um just with any other case um we do want justice done for the family we want justice for him um you know he has a family who lost a father a husband a grandfather everything of that nature and justice just needs to be served um mark do you have any final thoughts on this case like you said i've spent countless hours doing research looking for newspaper articles looking for new information And there really just isn't anything out there. We've heard different theories on this case. We've had people tell us different stories. They've heard he's picked someone up. They've heard that he was meeting someone to get rent money from. We've heard so many different things that it just, it doesn't make sense. And we were actually, like, doing research on this case one night till 1 a.m. not too long ago. And my dad was downstairs with us. And he was like, did he ever fish? We're like, yeah, like, there's pictures of him on a pontoon boat, all that. You know, he's said to be a fisher and all this. Where he was found isn't far from a popular fishing spot at the lake that guys just go because it's in a cove and it's just easier to go there than to do a boat because there's so many different things and it's easier just to go to the bank than it is to go in the cove because they have blow up things now there's a beach nearby 
So my dad said he didn't spend a lot of time in Ollie's that he could have actually bought like a fishing lure and he possibly could have just went to go fish real quick. And that to me makes the most sense out of any theory we've heard. Well, also with you talking about that right there, you know, it was never mentioned if he had a fishing pole with him or not. So, I mean, he could have very well just maybe stopped in, bought a fishing pole, anything of that nature at all. He's just maybe stop by and fish one day. Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was raining on and off. So, I mean, who really wouldn't want to go fishing? But I personally believe he just walked on to something that he wasn't supposed to see. Maybe it was a drug deal. Maybe it was a shake and bake like you said. You actually had to teach me what a shake and bake was. Maybe it was something else. And personally, I just really want justice out there for him. And, you know, I know he didn't have a cell phone. So I know that detectives couldn't, like, ping off his location or anything. But I just, I really want justice for this case. about the little surprise we have for our listeners yeah so we've started patreon we're going to call it the mystery club we have two different tiers that you can join courtney do you want to tell them about the first one okay y'all um our first one starts at five dollars it is called junior detectives you will have access to a group chat along with video episodes unreleased photos a newsletter and um video updates on our cases in our private facebook page our second tier starts at ten dollars and it's called senior detectives you will have access from everything in the first tier along with getting to submit a case to us exclusive t-shirts and sweatshirts stickers keychains we will have live chats we will personally mail you a letter from us along with bonus episodes so join us in the mystery club at patreon.com slash mountain state mysteries we can't wait to see you there next time on mountain state mysteries we're going to tell you the story of harry power if you find yourself enjoying mountain state mysteries take a second to rate it on your favorite podcasting service it helps others find good true crime podcasts don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and wherever you listen to podcasts. For the show notes, check out our website, mountainstatemysteriespodcast.com.